Think about it, think of it about it though, like luggage that is suited for costuming that you can connect together so that instead of me having to carry twelve pieces of luggage roped together, they just snap together and they cart in like on a like you on just a dolly have or one something. Small one, one cars mass. worth of luggage. Yeah, yes, <laughs> one clown car. They, call, they like could the call it the bellhop. It's all magnets. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just you need to partner with Rihanna. She's already yes. figured Rihanna. out the technology. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> Buckkeep Radio. We are coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 103, Assassin's Fate, chapters 9 through 12, and I am Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a rereader. I'm Eli, and don't make me say rereader. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. And I'm Joey, a first-time audiobook listener. Okay, corrections, omissions, announcements. Announcements, uh, not this episode, but next episode, episode 104, is going to come two weeks late uh, because we're traveling. Some of us are traveling, and that's fine. Is it one week late? <laughs> one week late? Wow. Well, that was is very hostile. Uh, I think it's fine? one week late. I think it's fine. one week. Yes, yeah, I just said you could record without me when I left. And Alyssa you know and I are celebrating <laughs> our anniversary. Let's cancel so it. That's why. Yeah, but so let's cancel it. Let's cancel take, it. It's take. very, yeah, it's very selfish of you to celebrate no, yourself. I've already, you I've should already celebrate the on calendar. the podcast instead. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. We can all just stare at you with the cameras on. Yeah. I was going to say before my awkward pause that it's fine because I posted the last episode two days late because I was too tired to edit. So things happening in spring. Uh, Let's see. We've got mail. I can give you a good update. Shreya has messaged us to let us know that they did not fail out of medical school despite (laughs) listening. Good job, Shreya. See, look, we do good celebrations on all of our episodes in two weeks. Yes. So. Not a, not a healthy uh, move, but yeah, you know, Thanks. I would have felt really guilty. <laughs> so. right? Like I flunked out of med school because of Buckkeep Radio. Because oh, of Buckkeep Radio, <laughs> Sorry. actively making the world a worse place here at Buckkeep Radio. We don't need doctors. Uh, and then we also have uh, an email from Dovid. It says. Hi, friends. I found your podcast in mid-2019 and listened to it until early 2020 when I caught up and fell out of habit because my life got really busy. 
But after years and years of telling people that I was listening to a random book podcast, a.k.a. you guys, instead of telling people what embarrassing music I was actually listening to at the time, I finally decided we are less embarrassing than embarrassing music. (laughs) (laughs) I finally decided to pick up the podcast again after so long, and I've been enjoying it so much. It feels like it's been years since I've laughed this much, and it's so nice for me to hear fresh perspectives on a series that has always had such a large impact on my life and feels like it is always on my mind. I'm currently in the mid-50s episodes and can't wait to catch up, although I still wish the episodes were longer. I'm giving you two-hour episodes here, Dovin. Love you, Dovin. (laughs) (laughs) I just want as much rote and buckkeep radio content as possible. I don't know if there ever was a conclusion about if Soldier Sun uh, was ever going to be a thing. I totally understand if you don't go for it, but for the record, I would put it out there that I would totally dig that. Soldier Sun is a trilogy that is also written under the pseudonym of Robin Hobb, but it is not in Realm of the Elderlings, mm. so, for our new readers. Um, you guys have great chemistry on this podcast, and it is really fun to listen to you all. P.S. As an aside, one of the episodes I was listening to recently, I think Jenny says something like, I don't know what we're going to do when we finish <laughs> these books, to which Rachel responds, don't worry, these books never end. <laughs> well, two years later, and you're still going strong, so I guess that aged well. Dovid, we are on the last book. But we're delaying because of travel, so it will last longer. Exactly. Yeah. We are doing our best to make this last as long as possible at the end. So thank you, David, for that a wonderful email. And now we can move on to chapter well, nine. Well, I, I just wanted to interject because uh, given the two-hour episode length, and I, I thought it was worth the, doing a little math, going back, re-Shreya... Oh. Oh. Commentary, to, uh, yeah, a hundred episodes in... in two weeks, at two hours an episode. That is, what like fourteen hours a day. Is that right? <laughs> she could be listening us on to d- on double time. Yeah, maybe yeah, it's double if time. She sped it up. True that. Oh, I don't okay. know. Stressing. Still, seven hours a day. That up. is that is intense. That I feel really, like my really my particular chapters at a higher speed might be a little bit much because I kind of talk a bit fast sometimes. I feel like I'd be. Just Ooh, well, maybe I I even it out by talking <laughs> so slow and lisping. And... <laughs> you know what? But you enunciate, and I don't. Sometimes I listen to the words on recordings, and I'm like, "Did I have marbles in my mouth? <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck did I say?" <laughs> well, yes, I've I've heard that people listen to the pod at like 1.6 and and sometimes even higher than I, that. I get that. Which I don't recommend. I get that. As an audiobook no. listener, I also listen to the books at like yeah. 1. I listen to podcasts ish. at higher speed too. It's just yeah. But still, 7 but we hours a day. don't have like the day, NPR is, slow talk. You know, we're we're speaking at normal speed, so I feel like yeah. that's really intense. So you know, either yeah. way, I guess she's Shreya was crushing some content. Yeah. content yes. so, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, yes, chapter nine. Oh, right. Chapter nine. That's me, the Tarman. Tarman. <laughs> oh, keeper of the frog legs. Oh. <laughs> uh, chapter opens with Shade's reflection on the demise of the skill, blaming Shrewd for limiting training to royalty, and then also that fuckwad Regal who sold the scrolls so he could afford his tacky shirts. Fuck you, Regal. <laughs> Tarman is here! Tarman is here! Hooray, hooray! Tarman is here! Uh, now let's get the fuck out of this city. Fitz and Amber are watching the Tarman dock, and he's 
real judgmental about where the Dragon Keepers rebuilt their dock at Calcingra, saying they need to build it in a better spot. <laughs> you know what? No one asked you, Fitz. Nobody fucking asked you. They're just doing their best, okay? <laughs> he doesn't even know what they went through. Fitz gives Amber a beautiful description of the Tarmen, calling it flat and rectangular. <laughs> My drawing was so accurate. <laughs> it's just a plank of with, wood. <laughs> with painted on eyes like a child would draw. So wow. Mo- Mona Lisa is what they should have named it. He notices something odd about the way this stunning water god moves through the current, but couldn't quite put his finger on it. Alum is at the dock, too, waiting to see his sweetheart sailor. Aww. And uh, when the gangplank drops, a swath of immigrants disembark and realize that they've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> but tough shit. If you don't make it among the skill ghosts of the city, you'll be held hostage on the other side of the creek and you could be a farmer. Spark is dubious about the new- their new houseboat. And Percy is like, he's fucking hype. He's like, woo, this is going to be cool. And Lant is like, see how square she is? Top-notch flotation. Mighty yar. Mighty yar. <laughs> <laughs> Alice and Leftrin come up the dock, and it looks like Leftrin has lost Yay. weight, which I thought was like a random fucking detail, but okay. Leftrin yeah, lost is he weight. sick? Yeah, I'm like, is he dying? Like, why are we commenting on people's <laughs> weight, okay? Like, we don't do that anymore. Leftrin informs them that they'll have a day in a bit because schedules, schedules, I gotta keep schedules, so they gotta move fast, but not too fast. And we def get the vibe that he doesn't care about Fitz's princely comfort on the boat, but Elise totally does. And everyone hops on board for a tour, and Fitz is freaky freaked. His skill and wit are both taken aback by Tarman's harsh vibes, and Elise and Lefter notice it as well. And of course, <clears throat> it's Fitz, Fitz that's harshing the Tarman, and um, our introverted barge requests a chat, which is rare, because he, like us all, is a strict, has a strict goal of talking to as few people as possible. So, Leftern makes it clear that Tarman doesn't like him. He's off the boat. Like, fuck off. We're not taking you. And Fitz bears his hand on the talking rail and opens up up to Tarman. And he says, I allow this. And the Tarman's like, as if you had the right to refuse. And I'm just really glad that the sassy boats are back. Um, (laughs) Tarman wants to know what dragon has claimed Fitz. And Fitz is like, I don't know. Like, there's this one dragon called Tintaglion. And there's this other weird one from my dreams called Zendara. And, like, I don't know. Tarman's patience is thin. And... He's like, no, no, this one smells different. I know all those dragons. Like, this was, who have you been grooming? And Fitz says, oh, you mean Verity. So Fitz tells Tarman that Verity has claimed him. And Tarman says he'll give him a ride if he has to. But he doesn't really like it. And also, he's not interfering with a human claimed by a dragon. So, okay, whatever the fuck that means. So, okay, River Ride is back on. We get a quick tour of our fave barge. And there have been some upgrades here and there, which is cute. And Fitz loves him his accommodations so much that he's already yelping review. And it says, a more pleasant little water cottage I could not imagine. Five stars. (laughs) (laughs) The next morning, Fitz left another five-star review after his breakfast of a keeper omelet with spring scallions and fried potatoes. And I wish I would have had that for dinner instead of my bowl of cereal. He's really living his best life right now, which is great because he's going to die soon. At the send-off, Fitz gets some prezzies from the thankful keepers, and Carson brings him dried meat. And Fitz laments that he can't hang longer and become best good bros with him. Amber and Spark get pretty earrings from Jerd, who I wasn't aware could be nice. And then we get the hot goss. <laughs> Our favorite gay dads adopted Jerd's baby because I quote, babies are gross. And Malta gave Amber tea, which was also really cute. And so they kick it off down the river. Next leg of the death adventure underway with Skelly running the show. There's a heated debate about coffee versus tea and I'm team coffee forever. And that settles it. As Fitz says, travel on a vessel is either terrifying or boring, and this one is boring. Snooze. 
Gentleman tells Motley Crows, and Amber teaches everyone a new language so they understand what's being said to them when they get murdered on Clara's. At night, <laughs> <laughs> at night, Fitz would pry into the fool's memories of Clara's to glean as much as he could, and we learn about some piece of shit of the four named Capra, and she was sweet and nice to fool in the beginning until she wasn't, and she beat the shit out of him and abandoned him. So now we can move her right to the top of the kill list. The fool would try to explain to her how he was the white prophet, but Capra would just gaslight the shit out of him and say that old globby boobs was the real white prophet, which we all know was a bullshit lie. And his dreams of a fool singing songs about fat suffices to a wolf cub with antlers were lost on that hoe bag's ears. And so, of course, after hearing more of the fool's tortured childhood, Fitz asks, why in Sa's name did you go back? And he's kind of ashamed. And yes. he's like, it was all Procop's fault? Like, our sweet dear yeah. Procop, who never knew that no, Clara was corrupt, he wanted to go back to the homeland and fool just, like, followed along because he was tired of making decisions. It's hard. And so now the fool is terrified to return to Clara's for a third time because if he gets caught, they're going to torture the crap out of him. And the fool has a panic attack, and Fitz tries to calm him, and he's like, I can go it alone. And the fool's like, fuck that shit, I'm going back. And so Fitz offers the fool a cyanide capsule to keep in a fake tooth in case shit goes down. <laughs> and, you know, that's just real true love right there. And um, the fool asks, like, what about you? What are you going to do? And Fitz is like, nah, I won't end my life. I'm like, I'm not doing that shit anymore. He's like, King Shrewd once said this thing that said, never do what you can't undo until you've considered well what you can't do once you've done it. And he reflects all the time on that. And he thinks about how he could have killed himself a whole bunch, but all the things he would have missed out on wouldn't have done. And even now with his wife and child dead, he'd still stick around for some other maybe small things that would bring him joy. But, you know, I like seeing this growth. I like him being like more of a glass half full situation, even though he's definitely going to die soon. So we jump back to the journey. We see tall trees. We see some acid water. Yay, Rain Wild River. And one night, Skelly jumps up from a table and arrows a river pig, and they have, like, a little feast, and it was really great. And um, yay for good times before impending death. And at bedtime, the fool breaks the bubble <laughs> and he's by saying that he's been having some intense dreams about the Destroyer, and he's been sharing them with Spark, because, you know, better to really set her expectations on things early, so... Um, and Fitz wishes the fool sweet dreams as he goes to bed, and the fool closes his eyes and rests his head on his pillow and gives him the middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Fitz hears that very long and complicated sentence structure supposedly from Shrewd and he's like, Yeah, Shrewd came up with this. <laughs> but the fool corroborates the saying. fool corroborates it. The fool is like, Yes, that does sound like something my dear sweet. Because the fool told him that. Oh, the fool told him that when he wanted to kill the fool told me. him okay. that huh. Yeah. So the fool told him that when it was on the table to have young Fitz killed when he was first when he right. first arrived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And I think it was um, it was a saying in Clara's. It's, oh. it's like a proverb in Clara's. Is where he got that from. It's all coming back around. It was cute to be back on the Tarman and to see all of our people. But oh my god, Homeslice died. Yeah. Oh yeah. Isn't that sad? Well, he was old. Yeah. And it's been 28 years or 34 years or 75 years or however long it's been. <laughs> Whatever. Unknown. It's been long enough for some kids to be seven years old, but also long enough for some kids to be 25 years old. So it's very, I don't understand. Yeah. I'm... How old is Boyo? <laughs> <laughs> right. How many babies has Jared had? <laughs> oh, Jared. 
I can't. Yeah, I, I'm like, why did Jord give Amber I, earrings? Just as a, a lesbian, she can have as many as she wants. <laughs> but <laughs> Jord was not. Jord was not a nice person. And I feel. I felt. I felt pity for Jord, but not friendship. I've confused Jared with Jack. Sorry, I'll be quiet again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. Your no, Jared was kind of, you know, she was living her best life sexually in her youth. Sexually. And did she lose the baby that she was pregnant with when she we were did, reading the book? She did, and then she clearly yeah. had another one. Yes, yeah, in great detail. Um, okay. Yeah. She got pregnant. She had a little lizard thing, and it died. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then, remember, and then they uh, traumatically all had to gather around it, and, like, all the girls had to, like, observe it. Yeah. I know. I'm just imagining, like, one of those tiny Florida lizards, and they're all like, wow, look at it. You made that. <laughs> we sold ours. And Thymara was like, why don't the boys have to do this? <laughs> they should have. Made well, they made, like, shitty excuses, right? They're like, this is girls' stuff. They were. This is yeah. for girls. This is womenly knowledge. We don't talk Turfs. about vaginas. Turfs. So we're we're on we're on the bus basically going to our next plot engagement and it's been a nice reunion with these characters that were also written. <laughs> and yeah, everybody's holding it down. Everybody seems to be doing their best and happy so what more could you ask for i just think it's really funny that fitz is just like i don't like the boats the <laughs> boats are gross they wig me out everyone else thinks the boats are cool fits which means that you are officially canonically a stick in the mud an old man oh, we're just now figuring that we out just <laughs> just you know thinking live ships are gross or like bad or icky no Tarman is the best good barge there ever was. He's a good boy. Right? And saying that his eyeballs look like a child drew them was rude. <laughs> he they didn't look like actually Google say eyes. that. That's okay. just what I said. <laughs> They're child Jared also didn't say babies are gross. That was all. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like she, she kind of did. <laughs> and the baby Florida lizard was real. Um, <laughs> Fitz just said that the eyes were painted on. He didn't. He did not. Trash Tarman's they eyes. Work? <laughs> they work if they're painted on. Oh, uh, I don't think so. They've never. They were never described as like blinking or moving around. But that I doesn't mean he can't see from them. Tar. I think it was like people thought they could like feel those eyes looking at them, but I don't Staring think they were them. ever. Yeah. yeah. I guess they can't. The wizard wood cannot control paint that is applied. It can only control wood carved. Paint carved intentions. accessories yeah i think the tarman can see though because how would he be so oh, good i think at... he can see what so i just don't, don't think, think he can he... move his eyes oh i thought you were saying he couldn't see out of them no he can't move them like they're not like winking at you or anything yeah i got there's an no idea he doesn't have like a whole bunch i think of they're just eyes, they're just, just drawn in a way eyes, they're though. drawn in a way where it looks like they're always looking at you but they don't actually move yeah it's like the paintings that feel like they're following you right yeah yes I've got an idea. I've got an idea. We can take wizard. We can take wizard wood and we can put it in the fool's eye sockets and make them eyes, and then it'll allow him to see. 
I don't think that's how it works. Why not? What You'd have to take eyes that were already awoken, because if you took raw wizard wood, you'd have to put at least three generations worth of like blood into them to wake them up. So they'd have to be... But how did Kenneth's, Kenneth's charm... Yeah, exactly. Kenneth's charm definitely, like, it, the mouth and stuff moved. But he wore it for, like, many years before it did started it, moving. I mean, did, did somebody, like, bleed on it? Did it require three lives? Well, he, or was it like, well, he killed people, like, but... Was it like... And it, and it sucked up more? his sweat and his oils and his skin flakes and delicious and it was really small so maybe it didn't take like as much so maybe eyes would be smaller yeah well i'm wondering if he could just get a live ship to give him one of their eyes yeah but would he really see or would he just get like a little eyeball that talks to him and tells him what he sees (laughs) (laughs) it's just a mouth this is what you see (laughs) i guess lips paragon couldn't give one of his eyes because his eyes are like the size of amber's head so then she'd just have like one little blind eye and one really giant (laughs) be like mad eye moody with like the giant eye just like stuck on there like are you winking at me no just like giant eye (laughs) it's just a contraption that straps it to his head like the witches, you know, that all have to share the eye. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That'd be pretty cool. But then all you see is boats. All you see is oceans. What's the problem? Ah. <laughs> Meditative. Not so not, not good for walking around, but... <laughs> okay, well, it's like a permanent sense sensory experience. Like one of those that. apps that help you wind down at night. <laughs> I might be able to do something. I think that, honestly, Joey, I think I mentioned this, maybe it was in the live ship coverage, but I'm with you. I think if Wizardwood does have these properties, why hasn't, like, a very smart doctor (laughs) figured out how to apply these, this technology to, like, you know, because we were feeding live ships people parts, right? Thumbs, legs. Well, they haven't advanced the technology because it's not their fucking wood to use. Well, it's not the live ship's wood to use either. The live ship is the wood. Bionic live uh, live ship people. Yes, but the live ships are basically two Vicks. I don't know what that We've word already means. Have so <laughs> it's two men named Vic. I, I would counter. How long have the people been living on the cursed shore? Oh, at least four or five generations. Yeah, so like maybe 200 to... years, right? And yeah, they figured out sure. the boats work by accident. <laughs> and I I don't know that they necessarily made the connection that it was just whatever the fuck you make out of it is magic. I mean, they might have. Right. Well, but they yeah. make the, they make those wizard wood birth control charms, though. Yeah, they make charms out of them. They know that's true. the The people birth making control. the birth control charms out of wizard wood are pretty much the only doctors trying to do something with that technology. And I think it's refreshing, frankly, that they're making such uh, inroads on on women's health. <laughs> yeah, right. Heroes, real world. I, in the I would say that's almost like black market technology, though, right? Like, oh the, yeah. Should we sure. give out yeah. free birth control at Roteland? Yes, you're getting <laughs> free, free, free peg legs, yeah. free eye patches. Okay, we're gonna have a little stand. Oh, something that I thought. So you know, I got a Dole Whip. I did go. a Dole Whip for the first time in my Yay. life. I did it. I got the alcoholic Dole Whip because yeah. why not? Oh yeah, to. you did. 
Now it I like there sherbet. is like a little there's like a little cookie they can stick in there, but I declined because of poison. But we can make a cookie that looks like a thumb, like a little rotted thumb. Oh we'll hell yes, in. we will. And then we have red sauce. Red sauce. Raspberry. It'll be a raspberry um coolie. We and call then... it vivacious treat. Yeah. Vivacious treat. <laughs> <laughs> ship ships ship tack hard tack they ship fed ship snack people ship, ship, ship snack, snack. Um, right <laughs> i mean i thumbtack. i guess my my point with severed thumb yeah my point with the live like ship stuff is that like the people who really know what's going on are like a handful of families like the people really close to the family yeah. Right, who don't speak because they don't yes, want to be charged with crimes. Yes, they don't want to be charged with, like, with, like crimes. Uh, hate crimes against <laughs> dragon embryos. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. And <laughs> even those people, probably only, like, a handful of them really knew what was going on, and it wasn't exposed until, like, the last 20 years. So I don't think there was a lot of time for technology around Wizardwood to evolve because the time when people knew about it is when <laughs> dragons are alive and are forbidding the use of wizard wood anything. Right. Right. But it seems the biggest traffickers of illegal wizard wood are other live ships. Oh, I would say that's Just definitely judging, true. Judging from the plots of these books, you know, Tarman had was like, look, I, I need legs. I don't <laughs> really care how I get them or if it's ethical. I want the legs. <laughs> Wait, what, what did he look like before he had legs? Because that seems to be his he only feature. He just looked like, like he does without legs. So he was just, he just floating around? Or something. No, he didn't have a tail. He didn't, he didn't no, have anything. He, no, he had no, he just the plank and the eyes. So he was yeah. just a floating piece That's... of wood, and then they had to, like, steer him and stuff? He was a glorified raft, and oh. then he got frog legs and a tail. He was a tar boy. <laughs> now he's a tar man. He's a tar tabby tadpole. Tar boy walked so, yeah, so he, that, he... or crawled so Tar Man couldn't walk. <laughs> tar Man in my head is just Howl's Castle. Like that I have to like I take Howl's Castle and I just flatten it in in my in my brain. It's just like the legs are just like going everywhere. He's only got the two, right? No, he has. Well, he has a he's tail got too, two right? Two frog legs and a tail. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he had four legs. legs. What will he have next? Yeah, I thought he had four legs too. Does he I thought he just had front? two in the middle. That was a lot of wizard wood. I think it was you know? four legs. Like if they're real skinny legs. Oh, I always envisioned two in the middle. I didn't envision him like four on each corner. He can just yeah. go in a circle. Like he just had little <laughs> chicken legs. Well, he had the tail. He wouldn't go in a circle. And mm -hmm. also. The legs are just for forward propelling. They're not steering. The tail is the rudder. He's not going to go know. in a circle Soon with I just think two legs. He's going to walk out of the ocean legs. and his descendants will invent capitalism and have to go to work every day. We time. need to go back and read the chapter where he shows his legs because I, I know I drew four four-legged situation. The problem with so, that is that you have, to, that you have to you know, encounter the horny teenagers again to do that. They're guarding the, yeah. the tail of the legs. <laughs> Dear listeners, could somebody do the research to tell us how many legs he has? Because I can't go back to those books. <laughs> uh, 
and yet they were the first ones I read. And I, here I'll I, never understand all it, these Alyssa. years later. Robin Hobb <laughs> owes you something. I don't know what. She already gave me a, a, the greatest boon, which Rachel will be posting or have already posted by the I'll, time I'll you post listen it to this. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say the name of the sea that we discovered because you were very excited. The Wastian Sea. Yes, the Wastian Sea. Did you all watch Robin Hobb's video that she took of the honking geese today? Did not. Splendid. I haven't gotten to be on the internet at all today. I haven't seen it. She's standing Ugh. in a field just looking at geese while they honk at her. Oh, it's great. Funny. It's the podcast I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't see Robin, but you can see her shadow. And her shadow looks like her. Oh. So. She refuses to zoom in on the geese. No, she <laughs> does. just so far away. She <laughs> it's great it's perfect um so yes we are on the boat we're doing the boat things we're floating we're going down river it doesn't seem to be an acid season so it's leisurely it's it's great they're eating they're eating what is like a capybara or something what did we decide the river pigs were not not pigs why can't they be pigs that they're a river hogs like Okay, the, we're getting into semantics for the non-pig-focused people, but yes. N- um, wow. I, <clears throat> um, I think they're river hogs. Red river hogs. Red oh, right. We red, we're, we're red giving them a color. There's, it did not mention a color, I promise. We definitely that. looked something up when we were reading it, though. It's, how did the, my brain I'll turn into capybaras? I don't know. Well, they're I mean, very they're, they're those are like, similar shapes. Let me send you. They're animals that live by the river. They're big. Hog size. (laughs) Thanks. Here, sending to the chat. Let's move on to chapter 10. That means I have to stop coloring again. Stop coloring your river pigs. Wait, look at this picture of hogs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here it is. Robin Hogs. You're welcome. Robin (laughs) Hogs. I mean, these are real cute. I wouldn't eat that. With its little ears. Right, they're little tassels. <laughs> so delightful. Hold on, let me get to them. Red river hog. I love a tassel. Those are that's a <laughs> that is a very vogue hog. They look a little bit splendid? like uh, got little masks. The they got that orange <laughs> line down their spine. The twirlies on the end of the ears. This is an anime like hog. Skulls. This is this is full Gorgina territory. <laughs> And the little babies. There is a Red River hog at the Cincinnati Zoo named Sir Francis Bacon. And I got to watch his ear tassels fly in the wind. And I love him. (laughs) Well, Skelly shot him. And now they're eating him. Skelly yeah. show. No, <laughs> bacon for no, he is You know Francis what's bacon. And look, and so here's the thing. So it looks like Elise and Lefter never had any kids, and then there was all this pressure for Skelly to become the heir. But does that mean is that why Skelly and Alum can can date? Wasn't Cause... there like a discouragement of that? No, nope. they've been. They were dating. They were. They got. Well, the there they was because like, she was. To? She was engaged to somebody else. Yeah. It, oh, it right, was, right. Right. It was right. discouraged for the same reason that rich people always discourage people from dating not rich people. Well, and he was Eugenics? also like, would he be? Uh, would he be fine with her being on the boat, kind of a thing, and not right. living with him? 
But she right, I remember because she had to tell that she had to like go break up with that guy. Yeah, yeah. she couldn't do oh, it in a text. Sweet. She had to go do it in person. Uh, yeah. Well, like uh, during those but books, like... Alan was an outcast, and now he's an elderling, so he's got prospects. Yeah. Yeah. But she's oh, not an elderling, and he's gonna her. outlive her, and that's the saddest thing to me. It ever. is. It is sad. Well, she'll sink into the ship, and then he can visit Tarman, and yeah. Incredible. What happens can, when you get can... eaten by a ship? What? You don't get eaten by your them, memories, you sink into them. Your memories go into the ship like into a dragon. Yeah. <sighs> it's actually not clear if your body goes into the sh- into the ship or not. I think it's I the think same it thing doesn't. that happened when Verity turned yeah. into the dragon yeah. and all of them. Like they just but kind Verity... of like absorb I, into them. Yeah, I agree. No, because Verity's whole whole body went into the dragon, whereas I, I'm pretty sure when the one captain died and we saw it happen, he did not. He just like died on the deck. Did they just chuck his body over the side? I think they put the body because then don't the um That's... don't the serpents eat him? I thought maybe. Well, maybe okay, like so Jedi. I thought that if you leave the body on the deck, it gets absorbed. But yeah, if you like you die and then go somewhere like get thrown overboard, your blood will still like be on the deck, and that will also be absorbed. Okay. Listeners, we're going to need you to research this for us. <laughs> I remember they were we trying to scrub the mission. blood off and they couldn't scrub it off. I think that the only way I I think that the only way to get a person to be absorbed by the boat is to feed them to the boat. So Oh, supper time. Okay. I don't think I'm they pretty do. sure I, like I would have remembered first... if a figurehead physically ate someone. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I like that when we were first rereading these books, we were like, wow, we don't remember anything. And then people accuse us of not like knowing anything. And now we've we read, have read them this all odd recently. Air. And we're like, <laughs> we're like, what happened? You guys, we're covering like tens is... of thousands of pages of content. We cannot remember everything. Y'all are. You know, I'm not sure if we actually know this because our point of view character did not attend point of view. the the funeral senate roni yeah Yeah. so i'm not sure if we actually know what happened well because they say things like i lay down on the deck or when i give myself to the ship but they they don't say like when i disappear into the ship yeah exactly i feel like in the live ship traders there was like when efren efren the the father of yeah efren senior (laughs) when efren senior died i thought there was a whole funeral on the ship where he like there was, but Althea didn't Yeah, but Althea, go. yeah, right. exactly. She, so there was like I, a whole that's thing what I'm they saying. set up, they set up like a cot with like a tent and like all this stuff. But I'm pretty sure it wasn't Kenneth. He, I don't think Kenneth was absorbed. I don't. Kenneth just died. Well, we got Kenneth's point Good. of view, and he was like just like like falling into the skill stream, kind of. Then he was yeeted out. Yeah, into he the- faded away. <laughs> <laughs> As he faded do. away on the paper, but I don't know what happened to his yeah. body. I don't know. So, are we? Do we have a running list of questions for Robin <laughs> for the next time we see her? Because these are the things. Oh, we so need many. To know. Con, yeah. yeah, so many. Oh, that works. Chapter ten, please. Chapter ten, B's book. The intro gives us some horrifying details about those parasite darts that I will not repeat because they're gross, and reading about them once was enough. Yay. Invented by one of the four, though. Right? <laughs> yes. yes. What was? Who was it? Coltry or? Coltry or Felody? The worst. The worst. Some asshole named with a C name. <laughs> uh, one of the four. <laughs> C. So 
Having grown more accustomed to being aboard our beloved Tarmand, Fitz decides he's finally ready to phone home. The plan, as he and Amber, then the fool, get cozy. Uh, as he and Amber, then the fool, get cozy on the floor of their tiny cabin, knees touching. Uh, detail. <laughs> pointed out. Um, is for Fitz to try and skill, and if the fool senses him fading, he'll just throw his tea at him, or shove some elf bark in his mouth, or use those handy skill fingers. Solid plan. As he finds himself back in the skill river, Shade is there, a surprise party of one. There you are, my boy, and is ready to whisk him off into the skill forever. Yeah, this is going well. Eventually, Nettle and Dutiful sort them out, and Nettle finally senses Fitz. Are you alive? she asks. He manages to get out at, yes, refined, and I'll send you bird mail. But then the call gets cut off, and the skill starts trying to pull him back. He wakes up, and the fool is like, oh, I didn't even know you were trying yet. Because uh, it would only been a few minutes. And then the fool has a Samwise Gamgee moment when he says, don't go where I can't follow. With regards to losing himself in the skill. There's a nice gif here. <laughs> There's a lot of Lord of the Rings gifts in here. <laughs> oh, thank you. There's <laughs> just, just so many lines. I was like, well, this is from Lord of the Rings. She <laughs> definitely watched Fellowship before writing. Yeah. She, like, fell asleep while watching Fellowship. She there know were certain she lines. Her. Yeah, ex- there's, like, almost verbatim. He blatantly says, don't go where I can't follow. I was like, I know that line. Don't go where, yeah. I, don't go where I can't follow, Mr. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so then they have the same conversation they always have where the fool is like, I'm definitely coming with you to kill everyone or I'm going on my own if you leave me. And Fitz is like, no, I'm definitely going on my own. But you know, that's like never going to happen. So get over it. Uh, so later on the journey, uh, Perseverance slips up and mentions B's journals and the fool finds out and has Spark seal them for him and wants Fitz to read them to him. And Fitz is not happy. Of course, the biggest reason he doesn't want to share the books is because it makes him look like a bad dad, but fits. <laughs> it's fine. Let's just, use, let's just find the useful information. Um, so eventually he relents and agrees to read him just the dream journal because that's the relevant one. And they have cozy little nighttime rituals of reading a few dreams each night together in the cabin. Um, Spark finds him later because Fitz has torment induced insomnia and we get another Lord of the Rings scene where Spark is all, all right, then keep your secrets when she insinuates she likely knows about the dragon silver and Fitz is back. Uh, and then finally, uh, Tarman reaches the first of the Rainwild settlements and Fitz is like, oh my god, tree houses. Uh, they're getting close to Treehog now, but they definitely won't be stopping at Casserick because those traitors still haven't been brought to justice for all of their betrayal, so fuck that place. Fitz also notes that Spark looks very nervous about her own concealed dragon's blood, so I'm sure that'll come up later. Uh, and then we learn that Brashen and Althea's son Boyo, which is a terrible name, is currently <laughs> serving on, on Vivacia, and Paragon is not pleased. But if he must lose Boya, then at least he should get Paragon Kennets and more just like terrible naming conventions <laughs> as a replacement, but Etta said no. And Fitz is very confused about live ship things because like Joey, he didn't read that trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> so Leftrin gives him a quick recap. That night, Fitz tries to ditch at least some of his baggage by suggesting that Perseverance stay on with Leftrin as a ship's boy on Tarman, and Pura's like, uh, thank you, but absolutely not. And Lant hears and chimes in with, don't even bring it up to me. 
So Fitz decides he's going to fake some skill summons. It says Lant is urgently needed back home once they get to Bingtown and just send Pearl and Spark with him because you know that will totally work. And I just wish that Fitz would accept that he has people. <laughs> so the next day they reach Treehawk and Fitz is like, oh my god, bigger tree houses. <laughs> <laughs> but the bigger ticket news item is that Paragon is here. Our moment has finally arrived. They're docking right near him and everyone is in awe to finally see a live ship with a figurehead. But wait a minute. That figurehead has Fitz's face! Fitz's jaw drops as he stares at him, and Amber's like, Fitz, please, I can explain everything. And I guess Lefren left this tidbit out of his live ship summary. Oops. Um, I straight up okay. laughed out loud <laughs> when he sees, so good. When he so sees good. Paragon's face. <laughs> this is the one moment I was anticipating in these books because I hadn't yes. actually yes. read live ship but i knew that there was a ship with fitz's face and i was like i need this to happen immediately <laughs> and i oh, had yeah. i had read them because hob had said oh the new trilogy is coming out and you should read live ship if you want to know stuff and i was like well i'm gonna read them um and so it was fresh in my mind and i just kept waiting i thought paragon was going to show up much earlier <laughs> than this so i love in this section that fitz doesn't want to share B's journals because it yeah. makes him look by a bad like a bad dad but by him not allowing the fool to read the journals it is perpetuating the fact that he is a bad dad you <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could potentially help your daughter fits. but yeah also yeah do you, don't you think that there could be a prophecy in there i mean they think she's dead so i guess he doesn't want to see a prophecy that could make him feel like he missed something right. or could have had a chance to save her mm-hmm. but also there's one in there that says hey i'm alive yeah <laughs> like hey, yeah right hey. the one that's like the one that's like i dreamed i was sucked into a pillow <laughs> yeah <laughs> i dreamed i was a nut and then i came yeah, out and i was fine <laughs> but then they're like the yeah. nut one that one's confusing that one's weird <laughs> what about the nut <laughs> oh they're so dumb I know. Isn't the fool supposed to be better at interpreting these dreams? At interpreting these? I know. He gets better. He gets better at interpreting them. (laughs) Takes a little while. Gotta just think about it for a minute. I I really like that both Paragon and Fitz, when they see each other, they're both pissed. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kill your double! (laughs) Yeah, it's... uh... <laughs> I'm trying to like think how I would react if like I had two sets of friends and one set of friends was like or like I like I had one friend and they had another set of friends that I didn't know and then like you introduced me and they were like oh we already have one of you <laughs> literally like I would so my boss I would... and I always talk about um if we ever if somebody creates our evil robot twin of us and like yes. how you will distinguish like how do you know if it's me for realsies or if it's my evil robot twin so <laughs> i feel like they're gonna need to have some tells like they're gonna need to share that with their inner circle so people can distinguish them you know well I, one is easy. a one giant is boat that's not, other other yes. not that's not important <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's it's easy because one is Three times life size and, and also crazy remote. apparently. He might detach himself one day and shrink down, and you never know. <laughs> well, Ashley, what is it? What 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 would we have to do? Well, so one of my tells is I can't. Uh, this one will 
can't really ever be a telegun because it's going to be out there in the wild for the evil <laughs> But no. one of my tells is how I eat a, a cheese or a fruit Danish, like the kind that has like the little pod of yumminess in the middle and the Danish oh, all okay, around yeah. it. Because I will never just like eat into it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to eat all of the dry surrounding area and then I save the center for last and then mm. I'm going to eat it. Okay. If you ever see me just like mm-hmm. fucking chowing yes. down, getting up in it and not eating it kill her. in that very specific way, it's my evil robot twin. Uh. Kill me, we must kill her. <laughs> it's so strategic and correct yeah, because you is. want the last taste that like lingers in your to mouth. To be the best, the best part. part. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else think that Lant is being made far cooler than he has been portrayed up until now? He seems like V chill and actually like I don't know. Fitz definitely had a shift in his mind in the last section of chapters where he was like, "Okay, Lant isn't a total like baby." Lant seems to have leveled like 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 fifty levels yeah. between the last I, book. I, and don't, this think book. I mean, don't think that Lant has leveled up so much as I think that Fitz appraises him differently because he's acting differently mm-hmm. because he's got a reason to. Try I think hard. he's not. You know, he's. Yeah, he's a reason to try harder. He's not being forced to teach a bunch of children. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> he's like... not distracted by flirting with his sister. Mm. <laughs> he just doesn't have a job he hates anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. No fam. You know, it just Only... goes to show when you hate your job, it ruins all aspects of your life. I also Only think that it's like member to flirt with. It, it's a, a story thing to make someone go from you hate them to you like them. So it's Yeah, yeah that's true. Enemies to lovers. Uh, familiar. So, wait, that sounds familiar. Why does that sound familiar? I don't know, Joey. You didn't even watch Bridgerton. I did that all by myself. You just spoiled Bridgerton. Season two. Actually, I'm here to tell you that we watched one episode and Joey complained, so I watched the other episodes without him, and then he was like, you're watching it without me? He did watch it without me. I'm not sure I complained. What did I say? You went, you're watching it without me? No, you said I complained about it. Go. You wanted to watch Bridgerton. Yeah, okay. I know, but I'm just, I just—I want to know how I complained. I—I I can't. I'm a harlot's holdover, and I'm not ready to watch Bridgerton because I'm so bitter oh, that it's not Harlots good. was canceled. It's it not. not. The second season is trash. It's not good. Yeah. It's okay. really bad. See, I like really the second bad. season. You know, better that's than the gratifying. First one. News. Oh, really? Yeah. I liked the care. I like Kate. Kate is much better than Daphne. Yes, but I agree with that. I just, I just f- did not like Simon's reason for his whole issues. I just thought it was dumb. Oh. Like he's like, I made it's a promise to a to, dead guy that I wouldn't have children, that I father. wouldn't have any more kids. And I related yeah. to that so hard, though, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I mean, I've only read the first book, and I did not like the book. So well, the books sound awful. There's rape. Yes, but also like Daphne is like also not as bad in the book as she is in the show. Like every time she showed up in a scene in season two, it was like fuck off, Daphne. No one cares about you. Yeah. And you're like anyway, this isn't a Bridgerton podcast. <laughs> but it could be. Yeah. Uh, but everyone watched Sanditon. That one's that one's actually good. So, what do we talk about? We're talking about Lant. Lant, we talked about Lant. Oh, Shade. Let's talk about Shade and the Skill River. Shade, so Shade was, is... like, showing up to a party an hour and a half late, and everybody else is, like, <laughs> lit already, and you're sober, and you walk in, and you're like, whoa. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Pretty much. 
But it also seems like Shade is not doing so great. No. Um, yeah, I think he needs to go into the light, personally. I feel like it might be time for him to just be like, <gasps> Oh, no, never. He seems pretty firmly in the steel already, so... He's dead. But they, I know, it's like the other there. people keep pulling him out, and it's like, to what because end? Maybe he'll be able there. to... Yeah. Maybe he'll be able to access some like new skill ability power whatever because because of all. This. Well, the thing is though too is everybody's treating him like he's crazy, but like he's telling Fitz like no, I've tapped into this and like there could actually be some validity to that because Shade has always been about exploring the skill when other people have treated right. it with like this kind of level of fear. But is anybody actually going to believe him? And try to tap into whatever resource he's found with it. Right, you know? like Shade is Shade is doing is doing like uh, LSD therapy. You know, <laughs> yeah. like he's he's really he's... pushing the boundaries. You know, um, the Disney Sword in the Stone or whatever the the King Arthur one. Yeah, with uh, there's yeah. Merlin at some point is like surfing in from wherever vacation he came from. That's what I imagine Shade is at this point. Like, he's surfing in the Skill River, <laughs> and, like, everybody's, like, trying Got to lasso him on. back out of the river. And he's just having a good old time, but he's, like, not in reality. I think Shade would make an excellent Disney character. <laughs> he could be in Fantasia, you know, like, for sure. Yeah, like, just kind of, like, uh... Yeah, I like the surfer dude <laughs> analogy. <laughs> Like an old, old townie surfer dude. I did like that he that seemed shade. like he was his younger self, almost. Even though he was a little bit delirious. But... Yeah, it's nice, because it's like, for like the last like like half of a book at least, he's just kind of been sick and like, unconscious, basically. I think that he's going to tap into something and the others are going to have to recognize it because it's like we're, well, you have to think we're about a quarter it. There's... of the way through the book and they're not exactly. just going to let him like fade out. Like I feel like he's going to make a comeback whether he dives fully into the skill and is able to talk to Fitz from there and give him some pro tips. But like, well, so Fitz and the fool are sitting there tuttling about how like they have no resources. They're on a, essentially a suicide mission and and they don't and he he's just going to do it they they think they they can't win like all the odds are stacked against them but are they really look at all the resources that Fitz has I know. if this is if we're entering the montage part of this movie right where you start going through and collecting i'm thinking of that one great season finale of season 2 in farscape where they're like remember all these people <laughs> we need to rob a bank we're going to go get all these people that from your favorite episodes. So we've got all these characters that Fitz could possibly pull pull into the group. Like yeah. Joey was saying in the last episode, if this, you know, if this is a campaign, you know, we know Teletor now, we've got Shade who's like one with the skill. We've got Tintaglia, we've got Verity, he's snoozing, but he's there and we keep being reminded that he's linked to Verity. So I don't think that there is without as many resources as possible. And now we're bringing in all these boats. The best part is I genuinely don't remember half of what happened. 
<laughs> yeah. It's, it's like a mystery new. for Jenny. Thank goodness <laughs> we have the rereaders. <laughs> <laughs> I remember certain bits, but I, the rest of it, I'm like, I don't know what else. I, I well, so this is the only the second time I've read this book. And I do remember the first time I read it, I literally read each chapter, like, holding my breath. Because mm-hmm. I really felt like Cobb was going to do something terrible to me. And she, she does. Like, something was going to, like, like, I just didn't, I didn't trust it. Like, every page, I was like, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> but, so it's way more fun now. <laughs> I'm noticing a lot more things. Uh, shall we move on to chapter 11? 11, right? Which I have labeled, Mike, my brother, Vindy. <laughs> <laughs> this image. Did you Gord- I was going to say, did you Photoshop that? Well, I did that in paint. <gasps> nice, that nice. Oh That's God. amazing. The the intro <laughs> is B's quote most frightening dream, and perhaps the clearest prophecy we've had yet. There is a vine that splits into two branches. Not the short video clip, but like the the plant vine. <laughs> On one branch, there are four dim candles. <laughs> a crow squawks. Here are four candles to light you to bed. Four candles lit means their child is dead. Four candles burn for the end of their ways. The wolf and the jester have wasted their days. Mm. On the other branch, there are three candles, blinding bright. The crow screams. Three flames burn brighter than the sun. Their blaze engulfs an evil done. Their angry morning purpose gives. They do not know their child lives. The crow drops a broken candle and B catches it. The crow then says, child, light the fire. Burn the future and the past. It is what you were born to do. Back in the... Are you going to murder everybody? I sure hope so. (laughs) Back in the present, B and company are living Alyssa's dream. Aboard a large seafaring ship. It rocks. Dwalia is sick as shit and B gets a reprieve from her tyranny. Dwalia also has Vindy make the party appear as boring as possible so that they go unnoticed. So B gets to see a lot of the ship wandering around with Vindelier and Kerf. The ship is mostly full of merchants and also slaves. One old scribe slave happily fills out the contract for his own sale. Glancing at the contract, B just makes out the underlined words, ice cream every day. (laughs) (laughs) One night, B hears Vindy groan out, brother, in his sleep. As she sits and contemplates Vindelier's power and how they they have a hold on Kerf, she begins to realize something. Vindelier is actually keeping Dwalia seasick. Realizing this, B begins to scheme. Brother, whispers B into the dark over and over again until Vindy wakes up. He's rightfully incredulous that B is being friendly with him, but the ridiculous man is so starved for attention that he happily goes along with it. Vindy describes his only dream. The dream he met B in the snow, and she called him brother, and that somehow that means she is the unexpected son. I don't, I don't think his logic really... <laughs> really built up a solid uh, reasoning for that, but it, anyway, she's the unexpected son. Dwayley used his this dream along with other 
other people's dreams in order to find B. We also learn that Vindy's parents were siblings, and also his grandparents were siblings too. Nice. So at this point, I'm packing up my bags and I'm ready to go burn down this place too. But I've got to finish this chapter summary first. So um, anyway, B keeps stroking Vindy's ego and with the hope that she can eventually turn him against Dwalia or at least pump him for more information. Sounds like you're a pretty important bitch to dream that dream, she says. And information B, little B does get. Vindy can control people to some extent while he's asleep, but pretty badly. So he can only sleep while Kerf is sleeping. And also, he's, like, pretty much given up on trying to control B, so he's resigned to just, like, he can go to sleep while she's awake, because it doesn't matter anyway. B begins to hope that she might actually be able to turn Vendelier against Twalia, but her enthusiasm is tempered when she realizes that her father somehow passed her in the skill pillar and may have been killed by a bear. So, with mm -hmm. this thought, B resigns herself to the belief that only she can save herself. Good. But that's one of the things will get interesting. Um, just like shout out to making Dwalia's life fucking miserable. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all that matters. Yeah. Also, incest is not the worst thing that they've done on this island. I mean, no, no, true. not the it's worst. Not great. But it's not great. Yeah, it's not the worst, but it's still it's firmly in really the bad, bad category. So Odessa was his twin, I guess. <laughs> or it seemed she not. didn't treat him very nicely. It's like some <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Apparently, he had another brother that it was actually skilled, and that's why nobody likes him because his other brother was useful. Better. This dude's pretty useful, though. To be the most but useful one. We had one dream. This is sort of like. Here's the thing. I know it's like, oh, you only had one dream, but you can you use can, the skill. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> who cares? And in a way that we're not a, like the characters we know haven't been able to tap into. So, yeah. I mean, obviously I the, the the in the hierarchy of Clara's dreaming is the most important thing you can do, I guess, and skill is just for for grunts. Right. Well, I mean, we've key. seen how they Bucky. interpret the Peasants. skill use. Like that, they interpret that as a different way of looking into the future. They can't even like. They they can't even frame right. their thoughts around what the heck he's doing. Which it always Stupid. just shocks me how few people know about the skill. Outside of, the six well, days. the elderlings. The elderlings were destroyed. It seems like if there were any that would have survived, they would have run through the mountains, and that's why they ended up in the six duchies, because that's the only land mass that was connected to where they were. Yeah. So maybe maybe it is something that's like more geographically locked. Well, it's also the the out islanders who came to Buck Duchy could have also been Elderlings, since there were elderly settlements. Yeah, we there. know that there was a settlement there. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, that's where Icefire went. So clearly, that was like one of the last surviving places, based on whatever the calamity was—asteroid strike or volcanoes or something. Global warming. 
That's what they did in Claris. They engineered global warming. <laughs> they would, though, you know? like They would. They would. That's some... And also a space laser somehow, because there's still that gigantic hole that's gone through Kelsingra that was never explained. <laughs> right? Remember? There's yeah. like a whole slash out of the city. Wow. What's that? What is that about? Space laser. <laughs> you, you don't, you're not Definitely. thinking immediately earthquake. You think space laser. Space laser. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about earthquakes? There'd be rubble. Earthquake a... or like some launch from a volcano or something. Yeah. Space laser in a volcano. What do you think that they did? They to engineer that they were like hit this hit this particular rock with a mallet. There's another. There's another volcano on the other side of the world. They've been stuffing trash in it for basically a really long time, <laughs> trying to get the plates to move in different ways. Ah, gotcha now. Only took ten thousand years. They engineered a. I have no idea. I honestly don't know because it seems like okay, yes, there was definitely some sort of natural disaster, but is that really enough to like kill the dragons? Like there, ha it had to have been bad enough to cause global collapse of ecosystems so that the dragons couldn't eat, so that they were starving, or there was a disease. Maybe it was a disease. Yes. All I know is I need Ian Malcolm to come up in here and like drop some drips onto somebody's knuckles and be like, <laughs> "Chaos is such that your your prediction art is bullshit." But apparently it's but not. It... it seems like it works. I guess Ian Malcolm doesn't. He he never read Foundation. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't. This is like Foundation. It is like found. It's like backwards Foundation. It's math magic. Yes. So, well, because also remember in the live ship books, we saw other dragons that had been turned to stone. Mm -hmm. What did we ever Wait, figure what? that shit out? Did it die? Yeah, in don't ask me. Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember? <laughs> um, we don't. We There's still a lot of question marks from throughout this book. And. My money is on a disease. I don't know if we're going to get an answer ever. If I don't know. I don't know who Robin Hobb is until I finish this series. Like, is she a lady who leaves us hanging on weird little plot things? Or is well, she, like, you know, going to tie up loose ends? So I think that she has, she does and will, she is doing a really admirable job of, like, tying up the loose ends and creating the, circ the circular kind of fantasy structure that we expect. Mm -hmm. But there are, certainly there's going to be little offshoots that where she, like, maybe thought, this could be something and like it just didn't work out to use it later on so it's just kind of like a plot dead end that never really gets ex explained it's like oh, i don't know like, just forget about that like Jenna, forget i did that that's never Are you gonna get explained talking about the stone dragons when althea is hunting the sea bears and oh is it the sees... arrow that did it yeah the arrow okay mm -hmm. oh, the wizard wood arrow yeah wizard, but why like would a she's... wizard wood arrow turn it to stone or was it a stone dragon and the wizard wood arrow killed it? Yeah. Oh. oh. But there was an egg. No, there was no, no egg. So what happened <laughs> oh, was Don't get lost in the There was like an urban <laughs> legend that it's it died in eye. an egg before like... the world was born. <laughs> and I latched onto that, that in I'm my drunken state. <laughs> 
dragon I'm or that did it die in an egg stone dragon In my memory, there an was, elderly was, there maid was stone an... dragon that a wizard would arrow killed. That's what I'm going with. Oh, okay, you're right. There was no egg. There was never even <laughs> there was any no egg. egg, is what we're saying. Okay. <laughs> they don't have I eggs. mean, they do hatch from an egg, but... Okay, so that was a stone <laughs> dragon... That was killed by. All right, well, because that we makes saw sense. that happen. In my apologies, Robin Hobb. You explained that to me as it was happening, and I didn't understand because I'm stupid. Uh, <laughs> I also like that B is finally going to possibly, hopefully, rescue herself from this predicament. I think she's been doing an admirable job of kind of like figuring stuff out, but she has been sort of waiting for something to happen i think it's time for her to make something happen so i'm excited for her i mean not excited because it's robin hobb but i'm hopeful is that also bad <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> you're intrigued to see where it i'm goes. intrigued <laughs> that's it that's my most accurate <laughs> next section is gonna be great can't wait Yes. Let's move us on to chapter 12. We can talk about um, just since we're long on time. Yeah. Uh, so chapter 12 is the live ship Paragon. And the intro to this chapter is a reminder of how live ships are made in case you skipped those books. But we read them, so I'm skipping it. Wait. After. Hmm? Can we have like a like a five minutes to tell Joey what's going on? Answer any questions? Someone I, else tell Joey what's I, going on. I'm also on. I'm having a. a cyclical weird experience here and i have had half a bottle of wine ah. so <laughs> forgive me if this is insane but when in fool's fate do you remember kebal rye bread yes oh, yeah bread. so wasn't rob rye <laughs> thank you wasn't there like something where he like was a dragon and what he was like uh, killed by a, an arrow yes yeah it's a plot point that happened that i was mm. referencing yes, yes. Oh, okay sorry did you already say i'm so sorry no if you wasn't he, he was killed by like... a wizard wood arrow yes, yeah and i'm just him. thinking of this dragon that althea saw and was like hunting on to kill the bears and it just seems like this cyclical thing that like is history repeating itself because is this was like was amber there did like did althea tell amber about this and was this where this idea came from to like because kill kebal rye dragon because the fool gave swift the, yeah, the but the fool. Had I don't know the if arrow. there's. Is yeah. this no, anything? Hey, is basically Alyssa, this is really <laughs> good because yeah. I and I think everyone else completely forgot that that happened. And yes. additionally, there was an intro in one of the chapters in this book, or the previous book that was um, essentially talking about the cyclical nature of like sea serpents and how you know this has happened before and it will happen again. And essentially talking about how they were, tra they're like, they're trapped and imprisoned there. Um, so I think that, like, you're dead on something. And also, like, I can't believe we forgot that that important point that we're talking about from a 
previous trilogy was actually in a different previous trilogy. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> there was a wizard word area that killed a different stone dragon. Two two different stone dragons. Nuts. Right. That's yeah, where it just Am- seems that's weird. where Amber got the knowledge that Wizardwood arrows can take down a I think she must have had a vision. She had a dream. And also compared combined with the knowledge that probably Althea had I mean, yeah, they can have off screen conversations for sure. <laughs> it's allowed. <laughs> Yeah, it just, it reminds me of, was this last episode or whatever, where, like, people are, like, they're, like, oh, they're interrogating the fool and the fools and Claris and whose name's half the Vestrit family as his catalyst. <laughs> it just right. is kind of like this weird thing that, yeah, I, my brain won't let go of. Well, I think there's also, like, this idea, we've talked about this, too, with Wintrow. We talked about it in the live ship books because of Wintrow and Kennet and Althea, like, the idea that every white prophet has like their single catalyst, I think, is not correct. I think what they have is they can see that there are important people. Well, there's when and... B sees people that are like have all the possibilities coming off of them. I think it's like right, that. and and some people have more possibilities than others, and some people have possibilities that link directly to the thing that you want to do. It just so happens that the fool also fell in love with Wonderkiss Catalyst and so Fitz has become a very important person, right? It's like it's like, yes, you need Fitz more than the others to get dragons back, but you still needed Wintro. You still like if you hadn't had Kennet and Wintro and Althea, that it would have not worked. So you know, I think perspective is also something that we need to keep in mind that like it's not black and white. It's not like these prophecies are true or false. It's just that they are more advantageous to certain desires than others. But I also am not surprised that I forgot any of that happened. I forget stuff. I, I also time. feel like every <laughs> 10 year old boy in these books is the same person in my brain. Yes. So, like <laughs> Wintro That's and correct. Swift and even 10 year old Fitz and whoever that kid he, he was hanging out with and, and when he was a kid in town at, who died and they oh, yes. had a funeral for him yeah. and whatever like all the, it's like everybody is the we same all forgot that everybody too. is the same <laughs> in my head well speaking of 10 year old boys guess what one of our faves is, is about to hit the stage so. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. we good if i hit yes, chapter 12 yes, now please yeah. please sorry okay <clears throat> so after the truly excellent cliffhanger of Fitz coming face to face with Paragon, uh, Par for short, or perhaps Arag, we're back. Spark hisses, he's looking at us. And Fitz says to Amber, for she had just said she could explain, you can't possibly explain this. Mm-hmm. And that's how I know that Fitz has never seen fan art. <laughs> <laughs> he asks why Perry has blue eyes when his own are brown, and Amber explains that it was Paragon's choice because he's a Ludluck, and I imagine that Fitz spends the next few pages staring at clouds or something instead of listening to the pedigree expl- explanation of a talking taxi. So all aboard. And our first live ship reunion goes to Paragon and Amber with a grabby hands emoji. Perry grabs Amber right off the dock, much to Fitz's alarm, and proceeds to have a conversation with her while Fitz and company are ushered on deck by Althea. She's small, weathered, with very white teeth, and I am pretty sure that's exactly how Barb is described in some of the later Foreigner novels, which is also set on a boat, so I immediately dislike the characterization because I don't like Barb, but also no one else has read these books, so I'm moving on. I'm moving on. (laughs) 
We will skip over Fitz musing how uh, a being not motivated by reproductive sex could have any autonomy because that icked me out and head to the captain's stateroom. Spark and Pear are going to explore the ship while the grown-ups meet with Captain Trell. Fitz and Brashen bond a little, little over both being dirt-covered dudes who have slept on boats. Brashen in turn introduces them officially to Althea by saying that he tried to make her a trail, but womp womp, she won't get married and darn those stubborn women. This reunion with my live ship babes isn't going so great, is it? Like, what the heck? Are we being Fitz-centric? Is the lens of Fitz's eye making running around on a live ship with former pirates not fun for me? Pear and Spark are doing it right. They're away from him. They're exploring. I wish I was with them. Oh, wait, here it comes. <laughs> Hob isn't doing us totally dirty. Althea delivers us from this awkwardness by saying, It's a strange pleasure to see the man who wears my ship's face. Tell me how it felt to see the figurehead Amber carved to match the man who held her heart. <laughs> oh, yes. Good. Good. <laughs> Oh, the things our women do to us, crows Brashen, nailing Fitz into his embarrassed coffin. Meanwhile, Spark is on a ship and doesn't want to be shoved in a room somewhere to heave. She wants to wear pants and scamper up lines and do king of the world with Paragon. So she makes a big deal about asking to wear pants, even though I'm 65% sure that Althea is probably wearing pants right now. <laughs> but we need to be reminded of Spark's alter ego, Ash, I guess. We head to Fitz and Fool's cabin and pass Clef on the way. And here is the weirdest sentence in the chapter. Clef being the aforementioned 10-year-old, favorite 10-year-old. He says, got your gear below. And he says that to pair with an echo of a foreign accent. Didn't he? But he's right. He came from what? the six duchies. To Fitz. That's your accent. That's like I'm... being from Boston and hearing the Boston <laughs> accent and being like, where are you from? <laughs> It's a bad, it's a distorted accent. From whose perspective are we currently reading? I mean, is the six duchies a foreign accent? Or shouldn't Fitz be like, hey, that's a, you sound like you're from my side of the Robin made a boo-boo, let's move I, on I that. think she probably <laughs> he, had, he had a weird accent. But not where yeah, it was from. Yes. Oh, it's Haas's stink. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the best part about that trilogy on audiobook. Uh-huh. Watcher, gotcha, gotcha, I got your stuff. After some more bonding and chip talk, we head back to the deck to check on Amber and Paragon. We overhear Amber explaining to Paragon about their vengeance quest, calling B their daughter. And Fitz gets kind of upset at this oh Molly erasure. And then, I, weirdly, I kind of do too, so I have to move on from that. I, I can't examine that. But it still is. They're in a triangle of love and procreation. Ooh, but the Molly problem is, is that. Still... But the problem is that they think that Amber is a woman and that right, if they have sure. a child, then it's it, just their still. child. But they're also not wrong. Who is Molly, bitch? <laughs> so I'm not going to unpack that. We're just in time to see Paragon get upset that he doesn't have Boyo. Boy dash O. Boyo. <laughs> not Bingo, but Boyo. <laughs> He's on Vivacia, as we've already heard. Because he's a vestrate. And then the other boy, not named boy, but still named Paragon, well, he's the pirate prince. And Queen Etta will not put her air on a capsizing ship that she can't control. And then this temper tantrum culminates in almost squeezing Amber out of the toothpaste tube of life. But she is safely deposited <laughs> on deck. 
And then Paragon wants to talk to Fitz. He says, you, with my face. And Fitz, guy who only yesterday faced down a whole-ass dragon, waltzes right up to the giant figurehead and is promptly picked up and smashed against the railing. We're fine, Fitz wheezes. Paragon (laughs) wants to talk. He has something very important to say, and it's worth all this drama. He says, remember, she loves me far more than you. She always will. (laughs) (laughs) Jealousy, thy name is Paragon. So the rightly embarrassed Fitz walks it off by escorting Amber to their cabin. They speak of her blindness, the difficulty of small spaces. Boo-hoo, I type in New Yorker. And Fitz, whose ego is definitely damaged by being smacked around by a younger, hotter version of himself, admits that he's not sure if he'll be able to complete the task at hand. Because he's 65 years old, you know? His mind its just not as sharp as it once was. He's soft. A happy life with Molly didn't train him for vengeance quests. He's, quote, too old for this shit. He wishes that he still had night eyes. I used to feel him inside me. I could almost hear him, but I don't even have that anymore. And then the fool relates their current situation to night eyes at the end of his life. There's no keeping any of them safe from this quest. They all, they all have to go all in. And Fitz can't protect everyone. He just has to keep going. The fool says, this is our last hunt, old wolf. And as we always have, we do it together. I am sad. Yeah. Um, so Paragon and Fitz don't like each other (laughs) wait I don't think Fitz has an opinion still he's just sort of like this goat's trying to kill me (laughs) (laughs) he's not mad at him he doesn't like the way that the live ships feel to the wit and then he is also being made to compete for Amber's attention (laughs) Paragon is like a little kid, though. It's like, I don't have my things. I don't have any of my favorite people. That's my person, not your person. Yeah, what's the deal? Wait, what was that shit about his son? Like, what is that about? Kennetson? Paragon Kennetson? Paragon has a son? How could they procreate? No, no, that's Kennet's son. Kennet has a son called Kennetson. But, like, I thought he was saying that was, like, his kid or something. Well, it's his ancestral, like, property. Can... Kennet died in both own people or did the people own the boat? Because Kennet was a Ludluck, yeah. And Kennet what has was happening. Paragon oh, was Ludluck. created by the Ludluck family, and Kennet yes. was in that lineage. So then Kennet impregnated Etta, and Etta had Kennet's child. So really, Paragon, Kennet's son, is a Ludluck, and therefore is Paragon's lineage. Did Kennet go into Paragon or Bolt? Paragon. I think he's in Paragon. Okay. Yeah, he's in Paragon. Because we that was like part of the healing. That's why process. he has blue eyes. Yeah. Those are Kenneth's eyes. So is, is that is that Kenneth in there causing trouble? I don't. No. 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 It's just that he has That's... two dragons in him. Yeah. And they don't oh, right. <laughs> two dragons. He's like inside. a chop shop kind of situation, so it makes it a little. He's Talon. He's Talon. Rachel's the only one I... that's. He's t- he is t- he's a bit like Talon. He's exactly yes. like Talon. I think the uh the dragons are like the dominant definitely the dominant personalities, but then they just get the memories of the lesser lesser well, beings. Well one of they the dragons is more dominant, yeah. Lesser beings. So there so Paragon used to be very troubled. Well, he's still troubled, but he's Mad been shit. more troubled than he is now. And then, like, part of absorbing Kennet was that he was able to kind of, like, reconcile some of the memories that Kennet had 
managed to stick in him, kind of like how Fitz put his memories in the stone dragon and they kind of restored and then blended. And so he was able to kind of work through some of the trauma, some of like the most recent of the trauma, but he still has two dragons in him. And as we know, they are forever battling each other. Wait, they're battling each he's other? He's got like multiple personality disorder. You're saying, yeah. oh, he's, he's like, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's just unstable and he has, like, he can't control his emotions. So he gets... That's so tantrums. One of, the th one of the reasons that he was tied up and, like, scuttled was because he just kept turning over and killing his crew. Right. That's not good. So, Hence yeah. why the ride in Roteland sometimes <laughs> capsizes and drowns you. It's not a ride. It's just, like, you take a boat just across the lake in the yeah. middle and yeah. sometimes you make it and sometimes you oh. don't. <laughs> <laughs> Great ride. I love it. Good ride. Just like John. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Brave people got on that boat. But also we have confirmation that Night Eyes is definitely not in there anymore. So this whole earthly body, ghostly body thing that we talked about in last episode. Tracking. But B also asked for him and he was like, well, she had her walls up. Yeah, she had her Spindler. walls up. So that's. I couldn't remember that. if you guys had that detail yet or not. I was trying to be, trying yeah, to be a, mm -hmm. a, a rereader. But you had asked last episode. Do you think that that uh, Night Eyes is like tethered to Fitz as his like home base? And it seems he is not. He's just running around in the stream. He's just out there. Well, I mean, it could be like the ships. It could be that he can go to anyone related to Fitz. So he could maybe go to Nettle. He's hanging yeah, out with Verity. What Nettle would do with him, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. With Shade. Shade needs the help right now. He's like, this guy... The boat is going to join Buckheap? No, no, we're talking about Night Eyes. Huh? Oh, Night Eyes. Sorry, I missed that detail. We just said he was like the boats, maybe. Like it, maybe it was like the boat magic, where they're connected to a like. They make a connection with one person, and then because it's by blood, it's basically blood magic because of the skill is in your blood. Then. Got it. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that we have we have that confirmation that that Night Eyes is a free agent, and he is currently with B. B needs him more. B needs to get good at, like, taking her walls down and putting them up really fast so that she can get, like, little bits of data from Night Eyes, yeah. you know? Like, when you're trying to use your cell phone on the subway and you get, like, <sighs> two bars for, like, ten seconds at a time, you're like, get, mm -hmm. the, get it through. <laughs> Download that book. Get it. It's like that. <laughs> Download the book. I also have questions about the exact positioning that Fitz was in when he is being smashed up against the railing. Is there a railing in front of Paragon, the way or Paragon is he twisted, twisted around? Turns, it always confuses me. Yeah, is he like twisted like around and then like smushing him down on on like? Well, you know, I feel like the railing ledge. probably goes to some like a point at the front of the ship. So the at a certain point, like you could be up against the railing and kind of like beside like the hip area. Don't we have a, an image of Paragon? Yeah, but in all those images, he's like a standard like figurehead where he's like on like the very front. Like there's nothing in front of him. So I mean, there's no doubt he had to twist around to grab Fitz. 
and then the I think the railing is like, like I said, I think it's at like his hip, like the, his back, like hip area. So he's basically kind of twisting himself. Is I wonder if he's really his arm is probably necks. back, but like I don't think he really had to twist his torso very much. If I could draw a diagram. Oh, there's a there's one cover art for the mad ship, which there's like a little tower on his back. That doesn't really make sense with Mad the way shit. they describe him being able to turn around and grab people, but I mean, is it? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I just had I was trying to picture the scene. He's flexible and he's up against a railing and uh, it works. All these images. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Is he a ship? Is he a horse? It doesn't. It's, he's Gumby. He's really, really made of gum. He's Gumby. Uh, who can he doesn't say? have bones, so maybe he's really How many really fingers Gumby. are in his stomach? We don't know. I, like, I prefer to believe strong. that he's Infinite. the version where the serpent is attacking and Brashen's going after the serpent. Or is it Kenneth? And he's Paragon's going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's Althea. Is that Althea? Yeah. Is it Althea? I thought it was. I it thought is. maybe it was. We Kenneth just had when this conversation like a week off. ago. I thought it was Kenneth, and it's not. It's Althea. Okay. Althea. Them's are breasts. Well, I thought it could have been Kenneth when he gets his leg bitten off, but I guess you're. No. Those do look it's, breast like. It's it's when Althea pokes pokes him with the. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode. We got so much content. Trumps. We are pack character introductions and exits. Well, we got to meet Clef again and some other various characters from the live ship, but really most importantly, Clef. But is it important there, if he seems... doesn't have his accent? If he's not, if he's not wooing us? Well, he's ship's mate now. He's ship's mate now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's been 20 years. He's also got that long braid. Did we talk at the, about the braid? Because I <laughs> might have spiced out there for a minute, but it distinctly says that he has like a tar-packed braid that goes down his back. Mm -hmm. and I. So they mentioned these in the live ship books as well. They did. They had tarred hair. They would put their hair in like a club and then they would tar it. Gross. Cool. But sure. Tar braids making a comeback. Yeah. I guess it keeps your hair out of your face. It's like industrial hairspray. Right? Also makes you smell really good. Um... We've seen Althea. We've seen Brashen. So we've got mention of where we know that Boyo and and Paragon, other Paragon, are grown ups now. The whole Tarman crew, like all the OGs, they straight up in it. But they went back up the river, right? Like they pieced out. They were they were were introductions and exits. They came and they went. (laughs) Yeah, it's like we got trees or something. We gotta go. We got chickens. That's probably we've got cows. We've got to go. <laughs> yep. So now we're with our live ship crew. Everyone seems happy. That's really nice. I'm worried for them because now they've been roped into a Fitz adventure. So nothing their good lives can are going to be ruined. Yeah, nothing good they're can all going to be. Done. Well, then we have our animal assists. Uh, Motley is here somewhere, but this hasn't really been a Motley. Motley was well, keeping everybody quite dream. jolly on the tarmen. Molly was throwing out jokes and doing fucking, like, stand-up comedy on the Tarman. 
Well, I don't know where Motley's hanging out. Maybe she's like on the mizzen mast or and that's the only boat word I know. It's up there. I'm assuming that's an up direction. Not like a horizontal direction. <laughs> <laughs> fashions from Jamelia. We can put the tarred braids in there. Yeah, we're very light on fashion this this section. We know that Spark left all of her clothes out in her in the cabin. Yeah, she she's a very... messy roommate. Not here for it. <laughs> she's She's the messy roommate. But shout out to Pantaloons. Catherine Hepburn forever. Pantaloons. Yep. Let her wear pants. It's fine. It makes more sense. She could barely get up the ladder. Uh, roll the maps. Where are we? We are we are heading to Bingtown. We're farther up the river, but not quite to Bingtown yet. So not on the open ocean. And then B is somewhere several days from Chalced. Chalced. Yeah. So they're ahead. They're ahead. Not good. Not we don't like that. Not great. But live ships are very fast. They are. We know this. Can they make up the speed? Hopefully. My thing is like how much gusto. And also like Paragon is technically supposed to be taking them to Bengatown. And it's like, are they going to get on another live ship at Bengatown? Or is Paragon going to be like, no, I'm in this fight too and continue on their way. So I don't know. There's some things to explore there. Um, Fitz Misery has a moment. The return of Does Fitz Suck? I don't think he was too sucky in no. this section. That Fitz was really great. He broke down his wall. He shared B's dreams. You know, like, he smiled. He was just, like, he walked into the captain's room and was just, like, smiling. And I legitimately <laughs> thought to myself, like, I wonder what Fitz looks like when he smiles because I don't feel like this happens very often. <laughs> It's just like a grimace. Yeah, like, it's like a little awkward. Like, I teeth. think I'm smiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's grinding and growling at the same time. It's interesting to me that he's kind of, again, like living his best life before he goes to get murdered. Well, he has kind of always been good at this kind of diplomacy. These, these soft skills where he gets to like meet people and like relate to them mm -hmm. and he was good at that even when he was sent on some of his early missions as a teen like he he just loves that he loves coming into the boat being like oh i, I had a oh i love how he said he's like oh i pulled an oar on the rurisk it's like nobody knows what that <laughs> he said in the he said Sounds on the rurisk good. in the red ship wars there was a second part to that sentence he clarified for context it's like, what kind of ship was that, though? Was that, what is that, like a rowboat? Like, I, I, I totally forgot to mention my favorite part of your chapter, Rachel, is when he goes to clasp hands with Althea and it says that their calluses rasp together. Oh, yeah, because she's a working lady. Oh, God. Dry skin. He's a, he's a people's man. Oh, my gosh, Jimmy, that's amazing. Do we get a picture? Oh. Yeah. <gasps> Goodness, wow. it's so good. And little Ratsy's there. Ratsy's here. Oh my This is gosh. lovely. This is amazing. I went back and I was looking for things from the first book to see if there's anything I actually wanted to draw and then decided to just draw random things. I love but that I was, puff sleeve. But I was reading the just Fitz talking to Shade and him being like, the fool makes fun of me. I like it. And I was like, oh man, such innocent times. 
I like your mixture of the diamond and stripe patterns. Yeah, really nice. That's basically what I drew on Fitz during our live stream, but with a couple added extras. I'm still just so impressed with how quickly you're able to... I know. God. Like, take an idea and... Truly, like, it's finished. Like, it looks so good. Uh, last bit of every episode prompts. Buzzword, how's B doing the prophecy scorecard? So, alright, do you want to talk about the prophecy, or shall we save it? It's super I mean, duper... I know like, what it is. I don't know. I feel like it, you can understand it, even if it's... You don't know how it's gonna happen. You understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's gonna be a lot of death. I think it's... I think it's gonna we be did like tattoo a destroyer on her forehead. Wipeout. So. Like it's just gonna be like, hey guys, I have to sacrifice all of you. It's been great. Hmm. Well, we don't like them. Okay, every every little tidbit we've got of these four, it's that no they're good. monsters. Yeah, they're terrible. I they're think the worst. everybody's gonna die. The good, bad, they're all the poopy. Everybody. The poopy. The poopy. It's about the poopy. <laughs> All right. Well, a reminder for our next reading section, we're taking a week off before um, because of the travel. So you can read uh, Assassin's Fate chapters 13 through 16 or read ahead if you can't handle reading in four <laughs> chapters. That's basically me. I keep reading ahead. I always go like cheater. You're a rereader. You can not read ahead. What the hell? She's cheating. But I, rem but I remember nothing. It's like a pure experience. <laughs> uh, so this has been Bucky Radio. Email us, buckyradio at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. You can find me on the internet at Darth Rachel. I'm Alyssa. I'm online at alyssameenard.com. I'm Jenny, and you can find me at Faceless Ray or Jenny's Life Art on Instagram. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay on a couple of social medias. But not all of them. <laughs> there are a couple I don't use also. Do the work. <laughs> Figure it out. Find the imposters. I'm, I'm on no, Twitter and Instagram. Please, no. If you find me on Facebook or... Or did, God, you gave up so easily. Where are the you other ones? What are the other? What are the other? What about all your TikToks? Is that Where's your mystery? TikTok, I don't have. Where, what about your AO3 account? I don't have an AO3. I don't have a Tumblr. <laughs> I don't have a. I do have Tumblr. Yeah, I'm not hip. That's also I only story. have Instagram and Twitter. I'm not hip. Please I'm pretty sure Tumblr is from, from 15 years ago. So I don't know if that's. It's never. You also made a Vine reference. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I it mean, is. I mean, the Tumblr reference does go with our usual old things. So it is. Yeah. That's our that's our old reference from our oldies. Yeah. Um, I'm Ashley. You can find me on Instagram <laughs> at Ladybird Parker. I did remember some six years ago that my live journal page was still out there and in the in the live in the flesh, and so I it has been deleted. So Instagram <laughs> is the only place you can find me. And I'm Joey, and uh, you can find me at uh, on Instagram, Uncanny Robot, where you can see pictures of me um, having the time of my life at <laughs> the happiest place on earth, Walt Disney. <laughs>
<laughs> land. Feel the happiness uh, in that comment. Well. <laughs> what are you going to do now, Joey? Well, yeah, listen. Pass away, I guess. Go into a stone dragon. Oh. Named Wolf. Night Eyes. Wolf. 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 I'm going to go into a stone dragon that looks like white out. Oh. Oh. Joey. Don't make me cry on the co- podcast. <laughs> you can just edit it out. Okay. <laughs> oh. Um I I I am going to skip I'm going to skip spoiler section just because Yay. I am completely exhausted. Spoiler section will be in our dreams. The assignment is to reread that prophecy of the four candles. And really just imagine that in your mind because it's really satisfying. So that's lovely. Can I can I plug my secret tumbler? Yes. Tumblr. If you if you happen to venture to tawnyfool.tumblr.com, you might find me there posting about Horizon Forbidden West. I have seen those <laughs> to things. this day. Oh no! I do follow what? you. Remember we we did oh, that when shit. we were uh, we met in person. Not so secret. Well, I have Alyssa is a great at remembering meeting people. <laughs> no, I'm no. not great at it. No, it was the same <laughs> weekend. Oh no! It was when you guys went out to get food. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I luckily for me, I've started digging my grave already in the. <laughs> I can just continue. Hey, Rachel. Yeah? Is it just me, or does it smell like updog in here? (sighs) (laughs) What? Why? We're not going to ask it. We're not. Why Mm -hmm. is everything red now? I did it. I changed it. (laughs) I just wanted to get wild. For the pizzazz of it all. I just wanted to get fucking crazy you wanted to feel alive i'm gonna go lay face down on my bed until i fall asleep <laughs> it, oh, I can't. it smells like um up dog in here <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i'm getting furious <laughs> it does it smells like up dog right. <laughs> all right i gotta go i don't know what to do anymore Love you guys. We Talk end the to podcast. You later. All right, P.S. I got a grill, so come bye. visit me because we can grill and hang it on my porch. It's great. I want to go. I need to stop now. Bye. Bye. bye.